This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. He is the founder and CEO of Stakester, the world's fastest growing esports platform. His name is Tom Fairley. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. Nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here. And now, what part of the world are you, uh, you in right now? Right now, I am in central London uh, in the UK. Um, if anyone knows the UK, I'm in a place called Chancery Lane, which has a rich history of barristers and solicitors. Literally nothing to do with what I do. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's a cool place. We're, actually, something interesting about this. Literally just next door to us is where a game called Whiff Waff was uh, created. And Whiff Waff is now what we affectionately know as table tennis. Um, and that was invented just next door to where we are. Wow. Well, what's interesting is talking to you about esports today is I am not a gamer. I don't have a game on my phone. I don't play games. Every once in a while I play a board game. So this is going to be like, I don't know, like me going into a master chef kitchen and not knowing what the guy's doing. So you're going to probably say some things in the show today. And I'm going to have this blank look on my face because uh, listener, we are we're seeing each other in video, but you're only having an audio podcast. So if I look confused, Tom, just clarify, because I don't know anything about the world of gaming. Hey, do you know what? And what's interesting is that neither did I before this, uh, before we started this. You know, I'm not a gamer. That's kind of the, the big sort of elephant in the room when we talk about Stakester is I'm not a gamer. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just a competitive guy who likes competition. And I wanted to build a business that played to my passions. And it just so happened that the best, market for our solution was was esports wow well i grew up uh i was born in 1965 and so 60s and 70s we didn't have computer games i mean i remember pong the first game that came out i mean now you laugh at it but it was so it was so ahead of its time and if you don't know what pong is go look up pong on google it's it's a fascinating game and apparently it's coming back people are they're they're reminiscing about the old days. Have you ever played Pong? It's the first game I ever played. <laughs> um, I remember I got bought this little. I don't even know what it was, but I had these little uh, twisty tops on the um, <laughs> on the handles, and you uh, could just go up and down. Yep. So we did hit the ball. It was, it was a gr- it was a great game. I loved it. And now, I mean, I see some of the games kids play now, and it's like. Is that reality or is that a video game? Because the graphics these days are incredible. And you actually have to think to yourself, is this real or real or a reality or a computer animation? And they do it in the movies, too. I mean, the computer graphics in 2021 is absolutely insane. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, it's uh, we're getting to the point now, I think, where we're on the, the brink of convergence between where you, you generally can't tell the difference. You know, things like deep fakes, you know, the stuff that uh, ones that go around at the moment with uh, Tom Cruise are just mad because you're just like, is it him? Is it not? Really, it's a crazy world. But that's not about productivity. That's, a, that's another world entirely. Yeah. Well, we could talk about that for a long time. So we're going to talk about growth, business growth. So take us back to when you created, I mean, I know you already alluded to it a little bit, but when you created Stegster, what was going on that you decided that you wanted to create this company? Yeah, it's interesting. So my background, um, I really had a sales background. Yeah. And uh, before that, like I've always been really uh, heavily engaged with sports throughout my life. 
sometimes successfully, sometimes grossly unsuccessfully. But like I've always enjoyed competing and I've always enjoyed um, athletics. And so sales is really where that, that, that's really the career path I always think for competitive people um, because ultimately you're just playing a game but in a business. And I love that. There's a leaderboard. There was, it has so many similarities. You know, the person who puts the most time in building their prospect database and working hard to try and improve their, their pitching is usually the one that ends up winning and doing the best overall. It's a, there's a real likeness there. And I did that for about 15 years um, in, in the city and I've described myself as successful in that field. And then I joined the startup world completely by coincidence. Um, you know, a, a really charismatic guy came to me and said, hey, Tom, you know, do you want to come and join my startup? And I was like, this sounds like the worst idea ever. Why would I leave my incredibly well-paid job to, to, to not get paid anything? Um, yeah, he was, um, I remember the cell actually, really powerful. He's like, he's like Tom, um, do you remember what the name of the first uh, employee was at, at Apple? And I was like, yeah, Steve Jobs. Who's number two? Well, Steve Wozniak. And he goes, who is number three? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, because no one remembers number three, mate. You've got to be number one. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you got me. You got me. Uh, so um, I worked at a startup and we had incredibly good growth and grew really, really fast. Uh, that company is called Quantexa. Uh, hugely successful first two years there. My role there, our chief commercial officer, so one of the founders and in charge of growing the business. And we went from zero to like 150 employees in two years like wow. super high growth and it's really impressive but i was grossly unhappy you know it was um because i think principally once you get into the startup world once you start to i always say the re people who make good founders are people who are essentially unemployable uh, because they, they can't, they just can't be controlled they always want to go and do their own thing <laughs> and do it their way they're the worst employees you can imagine and um, I was that, you know, and so um, respectfully, you know, we parted ways, still great friends, still get on really well. And um, the actual story of how Stakesville was born was almost, I don't know, it's almost, it almost feels like legend now, but it's a true story. I was, um, I'm quite heavily into my martial arts uh, and I just started doing jujitsu. I'm not particularly good at jujitsu, um, but I just started doing it. And I got a, when I was on the mat in the gym, and this big Russian guy comes in and he's like, I recognize you, you'll win competition. And I was like, yeah, I did win a competition, not for jujitsu, for something else, but like, I did win a competition. And he's like, oh, well, how about the way uh, we spar some time? By the way, this accent is uncommonly good. Anyone who's listening to this, they're probably thinking, they're probably thinking, wait, has he brought in a, a Russian guy to join the show? <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't. This is, it's just me. Um, anyway, so we end up, Ultimately, as this progresses, he says, why don't we roll? Why don't we do it for some money? I'm like, yeah, let's do it, buddy. Let's do this because I'm an idiot. Um, and then <laughs> as, uh, as it progressed, he'd never done anything at all. And like, you know, if you've done six months of jujitsu, you can basically, yeah, you can tap most people. Anyway, it didn't work out for him and um, he didn't pay up. And I was like, hey, buddy, where's my, where's my money? Because I'll pay you next time. I'm like, no, 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 don't pay me next time. You, you pay me right now, buddy. Uh, and then he's like, but I have no money. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I get my phone out. I'm flicking through my phone. I'm like, there must be an app for this. And there wasn't. And literally, Mark, it was like that. Bang. I'm in. Yep. I'm like, there's an idea here. There's a market here. Like, I remember what it was like when, you know, you remember this, Mark. You remember back in the day when you were playing, or even now, you play like 
yeah, golf with your mates or you play pool with your mates. And you're like, let's put some coin on this. Like that culture's kind of disappeared because we now do games online and, you know, we don't carry cash we, in the UK. We're always, everything's my card or whatever. And so that culture's died away a little bit. It's like, but the excitement and the joy that comes with adding a layer of excitement is still there. And so I ran home and I realized I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> like, I know nothing. And so I'm like, I've got to find myself someone who does. So I look at my network and I find that one of my people who used to work for me, she used to work at EA Sports, which is like a massive publisher in gaming. And I called her up. I'm like, hey, Monica, do you know anyone who works in gaming? And she's like, well, do you know my fiance? I'm like, Monica, now isn't the time for us to become friends. All right. <laughs> She's like, well, he used to work. He was one of the co-creators of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, wow. Grand Theft Auto, biggest, exactly, biggest selling game of all time. And no word of a lie to you, big man. I get my phone out and I'm like, what's he doing tomorrow night at six? And she's like, what are you doing? Do you want to call? I'm like, no, I'm looking at Skyscanner. I can be in New York tomorrow night at six. I'm in London. He's in New York. And she's like, oh, all right. So I hop on a plane. I fly over to New York. You'll hate this. That's awful productivity. Um, and uh, I hop on a plane. I get over to New York. I meet him in Brooklyn. And um, the rest is history. And that was, uh, that was two years ago. You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. And I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. Yeah, I want I want to make sure the listener doesn't miss something. You had an inspiration, had an idea, whatever you want to call it, and you didn't go, hmm, that's nice, and what about your day? You said, there's got to be an app for this. There was an app for this. So you decided to go, how can I create an app for this? Then you reached out to someone in your network because you had no idea how to build a video game. And, and then you found someone who knew someone who created one of the best games out there and you booked a plane to go to the next day. That's what Tony Robbins says, taking massive action. A lot of people don't take massive action. They don't take any action. They just sit there and go, well, the app's not there and it stops. Most people, I would say 95% of the people, Tom, would have stopped and go, oh, that sucks. No app for that. I won't get paid. I'm done. And they go on with their life. You didn't do that. And the reason why I'm calling you out on that is because you are in the minority. I'm in the minority. People like Tony Robbins are in the minority. The Steve Jobs, the Mark Cubans, the whoever you want to name successful people, they take massive action. If nobody took massive action, this world would be so utterly boring. Look, and I, I absolutely yeah, respect that. I think something that um, you when you look upon these things, it's very, it's very hard listening to someone else say that about you because no one looks at themselves and thinks, you know, hey, I'm a guy who takes massive action. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. That's not you. No one has that kind of self-awareness. And often the people who, who do think that, you know, sometimes they, they, it's not true. You know, it's, it's, self-awareness is really hard. And, um, but I think certainly something that I've learned over the course and certainly with the sale, I think that's where sales is such an important career for everyone to experience. But I think if there's one skill set everyone should learn, it's about, sales. It's about pitching yourself, finding opportunities and turning them into revenue. And I think what you learn there is that if you don't act, you don't, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's literally nothing happens. 
it's very easy to coast your way through a job if you are an accountant or if you are what no disrespect to accountants lawyers and so forth because what happens is you are reactive in your career people come to you with work you do a great job and then more people come to you that's great that's a really good way to progress that is not how the game works in sales yep <laughs> you stop picking up the phone you stop making money right okay that's the way it works and so I, I believe in, yeah, because of that background, I believe firmly that you have, to, you have to go and get it. You have to be chasing it and you have to go hard. And it's like when you're in the gym, you know, when you go to the gym and you're working out, you are there, you probably have an hour. Most people have about an hour they get to go in the gym a day. Maybe less. Or working out for an hour. You might only be working out for 45 minutes. You've got to have a, get in the gym, you've got to have your, your shower afterwards. You know, but you've got to maximize that time when you're in there. Okay. Looking at your phone, chilling out while you're in the gym, that's not going to get you the results you want. And yeah, like I'm not, I don't always get the results I want because I don't always get trained, I don't train as hard as I want. And you're not going to get those results unless you really push yourself. And that's the same in business, same in everything. If you don't push yourself and when you have those opportunities, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm. And I had a chance there to go and meet this guy and get him to come and work for me. I could have called him up and then I'd be the same as everyone else. So I thought, but if I get face to face with you, if I sit down in front with you, and also, if I tell a guy I've just booked a flight to come and see you for a coffee, he's not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, today's oddly enough, the 1st of July, 2021, and I have been running every day for 1,403 days in a row. I started August 29th, 2017. And when people go, Boom. oh my gosh, how did you do it? I said, I started with day one, but I started. Then I did day two, then day 10, then day 50, then day 100. People are amazed that I've run so many days in a row, but the secret to success, which you already talked about is starting is doing something. Most people are on their phones and they're mindlessly scrolling Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat and checking the news. And then they wonder five years go by and they're like, wow, I'm in the same place I was five years ago. Cause you're not taking action. Now you don't have to take massive action like Tom did and book a flight you know, paying an exorbitant amount of money to fly across the pond to go see someone. But for goodness sake, do something because the big people are making big money. Like, for example, Tom Brady, he's like, what, 800 years old? And he's still one of the most elite National Football League quarterbacks because he shows up and takes action every, not every game, not every practice, every day he's taking care of himself, he's doing something. So if you want that life, that what Tom's talking about, I'm really so thrilled that you came on and shared your story because I'm like really super motivated right now. It's all about taking action. Like you could have done a Skype call. You could have done a FaceTime call, but it's not the same. You were all in fully committed by getting on that plane and flying to New York. And I just don't want the listener to gloss over that and go, hey, I flew an airplane. No, no, he did it the next day. That's so important. Look, and look, it's, it's great to hear you. Thank you for, the, for the, the feedback. You know, I think, so, as soon as you have any kind of an inverted commas um, success with a business, and I don't believe in success. I believe in progression. And I believe in progression is success. Okay? Um, you know, and I think it's really difficult because when people talk about success, it's such a, it's an intangible, in the same way that happiness, like happiness is fleeting. So I think, you know, but if you're progressing, in something then with that comes a sense of reward and with that comes a sense of fulfillment okay um and i think that's really important people always say to you they say things like you know so what is what is it that's allowed stakes to progress so quickly 
And I'd say it's just really down to, to, to four things. The three C's and the E. And people are always like, oh my God, what are the three C's and the E? And I say consistency, commitment, continual learning, and execution. And why is that so important? Because with consistency, people will do it themselves. The same with your running, okay? Consistency is just the process of consistently doing something. If you go running every single day, okay, consistently, you're going to get better, okay? And if you commit to doing that consistently, you're going to get better, okay? And then that continual learning. You're faster now than you were two years ago. Okay? Absolutely. Two years ago when you started. Of course you are, because you're continually looking to get better, okay? And for those of you who are listening to this podcast but can't see it, by the way, it must be really hot where Mark is because he has got the guns out and the fan on in the background. <laughs> so double respect to that man for running in the heat because it's so hot. It <laughs> is. I run at 6 o'clock in the morning because by 8 o'clock, it's really hot here in Houston. Yeah, I bet it's mad. Anyway, so there's double respect there. But then there's that final piece which is about execution. And it's like, I say to people all the time, like, just do it. Like, it's, it's such a classic Nike phrase. People are like, how do you go and raise money? And you're like, start, start pitching. Yep, okay, that's the first thing you do. Do something, it's about actually about doing something. It's about like, you're taking action. It's exactly as you say. It's that whole thing of like, okay, how do you get good at a martial art? Go to a class, throw a kick, throw some punches. You know, it's a lot, and then be consistent, and then commit to it, and then continually learn. Then you are going to get better. It's the same, the same with everything. That's my view anyway. Um, that's a lesson that I've definitely learned um, in the startup world, because so many people quit, and there's nothing wrong with quitting. Yeah, and people always say, yeah, there's a stupid thing where people say, yeah, that bad attitude you have in, yeah, in sports, would be like, failure isn't an option. Like, failure is the most obvious option you have. <laughs> like. Yeah. Is the easiest option of all of them, you know, and it's like, it's not like quitting. Just, just don't quit. Just, just keep, just keep going. It's like when you're running and it hurts, like, just don't quit. doesn't matter if you don't, it doesn't matter if it takes you three hours or three weeks or three years to get back. Don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is well out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive, step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. Yeah, and I want to I want to hone in on what you say, a continuous improvement. When I think, I remember a couple of years ago, I realized that Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, all these really successful people they make personal development continuous improvement a priority. And I remember when the day happened, I'm like, wow, these guys are worth billions. And then there's people over here who are making barely enough to survive. And they rather binge watch Netflix than improvement. And the light bulb came on to me at that point. And so every day I spent an hour reading. I want to be better today than it was yesterday. And I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. You mentioned progression. People don't read. People think, oh, I just read a tweet. No, not a tweet. Take a course, go to a webinar, read a book, go to a seminar. You need to continue to get better. If you do not, people are going to pass you by. I mean, I don't, I cringe when people say, oh, I binge watch Netflix all weekend. I'm like, seriously? What an utter waste of time. What value did you get from wasting what 24 hours over a three-day weekend watching a show? I mean, yeah, it may be entertaining. And I, I'm certainly not going to say don't watch television, but when you're watching 
episode after episode after episode, hour after hour for an entire weekend. What's the end goal of that? I, I don't understand that. Look, I, and I'm totally with you. And I think, look, there is a, there is a balancing act always with everything. You know, it's not, you know, working hard doesn't equal success. Work plus rest equals success. You have to give your body a chance to, to break down. And I went through a very real experience um, as recently as a couple of months ago where I suffered from burnout and I didn't realize I was suffering from burnout. But we'll come back to that later. But I absolutely agree with you. Like you have a set number of hours a day. Now I'm an early bird. I'm up at five. I guess I've done and I go to bed early. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that I have a better efficiency metric to someone else, because if you get up at 10 and you go to sleep at one, we're still awake for the same time, you know, but at, during that time, you have to maximize what you are doing during that time. Okay. Now, if you are watching Netflix for two hours every evening, like you need an hour, I get it. You might need an hour to switch, to switch off. Take away one of those hours and just read a book. Yep. It doesn't have to be like, and also you can read a business book in an hour. Jesus, like business books, sorry. You can read business books so easily because like they have one concept which takes about a page and the rest of it's just justification. So just read that one concept and then you're done. Um, but yeah, I say, say to people all the time, they're like, I get this question. People say like, Tom, you seem to be getting so much done in the day. And it's like, I'm not getting that much done in a day. I'm just not wasting time during that day. Boom. You know, I think um, I've got this big thing that I talk about in my office at the moment. I don't know. It's probably something you can totally buy into. Everyone in my office, everyone at Stakester gets bought a fitness tracker. Okay. And everyone gets tracks their steps. Um, because I firmly believe that if you want to be more productive, start at the beginning Okay, and the beginning there is if you have more energy, you can have more focus yep. and you can be more productive. Yep. Too many people forget that. People think about like Pomodoro and focusing on planning out their day. That's great. It's an incredibly valuable exercise. If, but if you have more energy at the beginning, you're going to get more done. Yep. Simple as that. So I encourage people to move. Okay, so we have these, these, these fitness trackers and we're like, how do we you know, get everyone to, to compete? And I average like 16 to 18,000 a day steps. Okay. People are like, Tom, how are you getting so many steps done a day? I'm like, I'm not telling you my secret. I'm not telling you my secret because I want to win. Yeah. And then you put it on the dog, don't you? You put it on your dog. We know. Yeah. So that's what everyone always says. It was on the dog. Yeah. And I, but I said to you that there is, there is a, there is a simple hack here. And they're like, what is it? And I'm like, if I got a phone call, I don't need to see someone's face. I walk. Yeah. I just walk. Let's go out for a walk. And they're like, and then by the time I get back to my desk and I've got to do some deep work, I'm fired up. I'm focused. My blood's running. I'm ready. I get into that flow state, which might take me 20 minutes. It takes me like five or six because I'm ready. I'm ready to do it and to operate. Yeah, I want to and interject so think- here real quick. Uh, the, the whole thing about the steps every day. I read the story, the guy that created the, or he said you need 10,000 steps and he just arbitrarily picked the number. The point was to move. So I wear an Apple watch, right? And Apple watch has three rings, move, stand and exercise. So move is anytime you're actually moving. You go get water, you walk out to get the mail, you walk the dog that counts at it. Exercise counts as move, but it also wants you to stand up for one minute every hour. We're spending too much time in front of the computer. So whether you have an Apple Watch, you have a Garmin, Fitbit, doesn't matter. 
The point is, is not the 10,000 steps. It's the point of moving. We are not moving anymore as a society. When like every Saturday you go to church and our church has got like three or four floors. My wife takes the elevator. I always take the steps. Okay. I don't need, I, by then I've already closed my rings by the time I get to church, but I still take the steps. I'm 56. I want to be healthy at hundred years old. So I take the steps. I, I will take a, I will take an elevator if I go to high rise, which is very rare, but I, I take steps. I like walking. I don't park, try to find a close parking spot. I park way out in the boonies and walk. You need to move. So people who are focusing on the steps, don't focus on the steps, focus on actually moving your body. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. It's just a great attitude. There's something about the steps. I've got a theory about this. This is how we do it in the office. When we talk about how many steps should you should take. And what we do is we say the number of steps you need to take in order to be calorie neutral for the day. Mm. Okay. So if you are consuming 2000 calories, okay. Okay. Then that means you probably need to do somewhere in the region of 12,000 steps. Okay. In order for you to be calorie neutral for the day. Okay. So that's where we focus. So we're like, let's try and get that calorie, get yourself into that calorie deficit, you know, every day, because obviously you're, you're alive and that's going to be burning your calories as well. Yep. But that's it. So we try to be in that state all the time. So we are burning more than we're, we're putting in. So we're keeping ourselves in great shape. Um, that's my attitude towards the number of steps. That's if you're not doing a workout. Yeah. Well, like yeah, me, I, I, I have plenty of steps because I go running for, uh, for three miles every day. Now, some people say, why don't you run more? Because I run every single day. I can't run 12 miles one day because I couldn't run the next day. So I run about three to 3.2 miles, 365 days a year. Absolute respect for that. I mean, that's really good. And do you, do you go out even when you're, what do you, how do you deal with injuries? What do you do then? Do you just go slower. I have been blessed not to be injured. I have had, you know, I've had some knee problems, some back problems, although the back problems seem to fade away when I'm running. But a couple of years ago, I had this really embarrassing, annoying hemorrhoid, which made it really painful to run. But I ran, I usually run about a nine minute mile. I think I ran about 14 minute mile was a lot of pain. And people go, you're crazy. I'm like, but the streak, it's all about the streak. Let me tell you something. When you got a streak of 1,403 days in a row like I do, you have really got to have like a leg fall off because you don't let those little excuses like it's cold, it's rainy, it's hot, it's sunny. You don't let those excuses bother you because the number one starting over at one day scares you. And so the longer the streak goes, the likelihood of me not running is really diminished. I mean, something would have to be, well, I'll give you an example. Three and a half months ago, we had a winter storm here in Houston, Texas. Now it's normally hot, but we had an unusual winter storm and we lost power. I ran in my house three miles with a flashlight. See, when you got a streak that long, when you're so dedicated to your health, you're not going to go, oh, the power's out. Oh, it's snowing outside. It's cold. You go out and do what you got to do or you do it in your house. So many people are the little excuse. They go, well, I can't run. It's uh, it's, it's, it's sunny out. What get out there and run, get out there and walk, go take a bike ride, go swim, go dance around your house, do something. We've got to move. And I'm, I'm so glad we talked about this because so many people are getting more and more overweight because they're not moving and they're eating like crap. Yeah. I like, um, I meant that. I think there's something about it as well. And also I always say to everyone, whoever, um, like struggling to do some exercise or struggling to get themselves in shape, I would say like, there is no way you'll feel worse afterwards. Okay. <laughs> no one has ever gone to the gym and come out of the gym and be like, oh man, 
I feel awful now. You might feel tired, you might feel strained, but I promise you that sense of like, there's two, I always say there's two rewards you get from going to the gym. One is the endorphins and two is the gloating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, before we wrap up today, I, I got to circle back because you talked about the burnout and I know a very keen listener is going, wait a minute, Mark, he didn't talk about the burnout. You say he's going to get to it later. So before we wrap up today, tell us about your burnout. Yeah, sure. So, okay, I started Stakeser in uh, 2019, um, about two years ago, and I went hard at it. I had a kid in that time as well, in my second one. Um, and when you run a business, and everyone who listens who has started a business has a high side hustle or has an intense job, it's very hard to take a break, mm-hmm. okay? Because you feel a real sense of guilt when you take a break. Like, if I'm not there, is it going to go away? Is it not going to work out? Okay. And um, you know that feeling as well. You know that. And it's sometimes, I think, or I always think it's very hard for people who are, I always think if you're high energy, it's harder to take a break as well because you feel that, that, that pressure. And I had taken breaks. I took a couple of days here and there. Like I'd taken a bit of time out and, you know, I'm in the military. And so I'd go away with the military for a weekend. And that was a good separation from my, my brain um, from, from work. But then I started to slack with that element of relief, you know, so I started to, so I'm big on mindfulness. I do this thing called Wim Hof. It's based. Oh, he's amazing. Oh my goodness. It's a, it's a genuinely life changing. Anyone, I mean, we can't get to it right now. We're here for too long, but anyone's listening, go and check out Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F, uh, the breathing technique. It's genuinely life changing for both immunity and for your, your brain. But I, I fell off the bandwagon, you know, I stopped doing it um a little bit and so and then i started just being like i don't have time for these things i don't have time for this respite i don't have time for this because we were going we we're growing so fast and um i have my own podcast and it was starting to get bigger and bigger and we're interviewing more people and then i bring on more people to my team my team grew from eight to 30. i you know I, it just becomes intense and also throughout lockdown like i wasn't taking any breaks like i'm working from 5 30 to 8 at night you know you're just going all the time and what I didn't realize was from having self-awareness is that when you stop exercising and when you stop um, doing things like your mindfulness and those discipline side things for breaks, you're not, not doing them because you haven't got time. You're doing it because you're burning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that was, the, that was one of the symptoms of burnout because I didn't feel like I could focus. But I found myself in a scenario whereby I used to write an art, two articles a week for my Medium page. And then I stopped doing them. And I stopped writing articles and I couldn't get my head in the right space and so forth. And I was like, oh, it's because I don't have time. I've got to focus on fundraising. I've got to focus on this product issue. I've got to focus on this hiring issue. And I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't realize that I had burnout. And then that's what I was coming to. And then all of a sudden, I was on a pitch and look, I would say I've got 99 problems, but the pitch ain't one. And um, I love pitching so much. And I got on a call and I got off the end of the pitch and I was like, that was rubbish. And that's my jam. I was like, that was rubbish. And my colleague who was on it was like, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> so, Thank you, friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I respect him. He's my best friend and he has been since, uh, since we were kids. And, um, and I was like, I need to take a break. I just, that's all I need. I just need to take a break. And so I literally just took, I took two days. That's all I did. I just took two days. 
where, you know, I was just hanging on my kids. I turned off my emails. I turned off everything. I read a book. I read actually this book, June by Frank Herbert, a classic, but very good. Um, and I just took some time to just forget about it, to give my brain a break. Okay. And then I come and then you just give yourself that break. And then when you look back and you're like, I was the worst person for my business. I didn't know anything. I was achieving nothing. All I was doing was just dragging and doing nothing. And it's because I didn't give myself the chance to rest and recover. And this toxic positivity that we push out there about always being on the hustle. Yeah, you've got to be on the hustle all the time, but you have to rest as well. Resting is part of the hustle, okay? It's part of it. There's a reason they have breaks between rounds and fights, okay? <laughs> because otherwise it becomes a very boring fight, I can tell you. And so that's something that I learned the hard way and it really damaged my business and it really set us back. And I think that we lost, you know, we probably lost a month of success because I wasn't able to do my job properly. And so that's a piece of advice that I would give to anyone is make sure that rest and recovery is part of your routine. And that doesn't, okay, it's just an important part of your routine. If you don't have it, you're going to struggle in the long term. Wow. Now, like I said earlier, this is an audio only podcast, but listener, let me tell you, I'm watching Tom. He must have ants in his pants. He has not stopped moving for the duration I think he's burning calories just moving around and he's, I mean, I love it because you brought the energy. Not too many guests match my energy. You did. So final question for you, sir, where can we go to find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe? Yeah. Hey, look, so look, um, check out my company, Stakester. That's Stake, S-T-A-K-E-S-T-E-R, Stakester.com. Uh, go and back yourself. See if you can uh, win some coin and beat some people. Um, read more about me. Look, I don't want to be plugging my podcast on your show. Uh, no, but, go ahead. Uh, I do go right ahead. Show. Do it. Okay. So I run a podcast called The Back Yourself Show. That's The Back Yourself Show. Um, and it's a show really what happened was I went through the journey of starting a business and not knowing what I was doing. And I got really frustrated because all of the books I read about business and so forth came from people who had, who weren't living the problem. They'd already been through the problem. And I want to hear from people who are going through it right now. I want to hear from people. And so I started interviewing those people. I want to feel the real pain that they were suffering. So I started interviewing those people to try and get some lessons from them. And that's what the show's all about. It's about actionable lessons for people who are running their own business from the ground up. And that's my show. The back, and then you find us at backself.show. Uh, or you can find us on Spotify or iTunes. And if you want to read some of my articles, you can find me on Medium at Thomas Ferry. And that's F-A-I-R-E-Y, Ferry. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Listening to you is so inspirational. You have set the tone for my day because it's early here in uh, the Houston, Texas area. And uh, I really appreciate everything you share with us today, Tom. Thanks so much. And look, Mark, I love what you do. This is a great show. Uh, more people should be listening to this. Yeah. Salient advice every single week. And look, hats off to you, man. You're an inspiration. Doing that many runs in a row. I'll tell you what, my competitivity in my place is now like, I'm going to beat that guy. <laughs> well connect with me on strava and we'll have a competition you don't want that i'm unbelievably fast you're gonna you're gonna hate that yep <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mark stuchewski podcast i really hope it served you well today now head on over to my website mrproductivity.com sign up to be a free mark stuchewski insider get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.